Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to The Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go, live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and FS1. Great to be here. Sonny Dykes, TCU coach, he plays Harbaugh in a week. He's going to be joining us. He, by the way, coached Jared Goff in college. So he's turned around TCU. We got four big games. TCU, I don't know if they match up with Michigan, but they can score. Have an NFL quarterback. Max Duggan's going to go pro. Um, Greg Cosell is going to be joining us in five minutes. So I'm going to throw something at you, J-Mac. Fire away. So I, my opinion is Mike Vrabel is one of the smartest guys in the National Football League. And I'm, I'm counting coaches, coordinators, general managers, presidents. Mike Vrabel, to me, is one of the smartest ex-players that the sport has. I think Mike's really smart. Yeah. The GM of Tennessee got thrown out of the building. Mike's going to run the building. So Mike Vrabel's smart. He had Tom Brady. He knows the value of a quarterback. He's built one of the best defenses. He's a tough guy, really smart. Tannehill now is in year 11. He's 34 years old. He's now going to miss the rest of the season. Malik Willis may be good, not close to beating a Lamar Jackson, a Herbert, a Mahomes, an Allen, a Burrow. Not close. Not close. Totally raw. Like he's a year of backing up again. I'll just throw this at you. This team is running back centric. Think Herschel Walker trade. They have to pay Derrick Henry a ton next year. The, the, keep your eye on the Aaron Rodgers thing. They have three people they could move. The Titans could. Taylor Luan, the, the, the tackle. They're going to own a fortune. He's now hurt a lot. But he is a left tackle. He's got value. Robert Woods, a number two receiver. They could kind of release him, save money. I think it's time to consider privately trading Derrick Henry. Okay, he had, he's got 1,700 carries in his career, 
125 catches. Three of the last four years, he's led the NFL in carries. Folks, first of all, run-centric teams don't win Super Bowls. Ask Nick Chubb and the Browns, how many playoff wins for Zeke? How many playoff wins for the Titans? They don't win. you got to have a guy. Tannehill's now in his 11th year. He's average, slightly above average, and now he's getting hurt more often. Malik Willis isn't ready. Vrabel's one of the smartest guys in the world. Everybody freaks out, but Derrick Henry got a sell at the high point. He came into the league, didn't play a ton early. Over the last four or five years, he's like a pitcher throwing 300 innings. <laughs> you got to get out of the deal before the deal gets into you. And I, I just look around at run-centric teams. They don't win Super Bowls. Hell, they struggle to win playoff games. Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Cleveland's got a great O-line, great running back, offensive coach. Zeke, one playoff win. Who's the other one? Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. How many playoff wins did he have? Okay. I, I, I don't hate this strategy, but I got to ask, what's the next step? Because you are no longer attractive to Aaron Rodgers. No, no, if you don't have Derrick no, no. Henry and you have no receivers. No, 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 no. So what you do is you get draft capital for that left tackle. Derrick Henry's going to fetch something on the market. You're now going to have some cap space because your defense is excellent. Aaron's played with a great defense one year. He won a Super Bowl. So this is a great defense. You're getting rid of a running back and a left tackle and a receiver. Okay. Then you'll have money to spend on the market. You already have a, you already have a young receiver you like a lot out of Arkansas. Burks is very good. Very when he's good. Healthy, yes. You could keep Woods if you wanted and renegotiate the deal so you'd have a solid two. You draft another receiver. You go on the market. They do, they've done a good job of just plugging in tight ends, random guys you've never heard of, and they deliver. They. I just I think it's. I'm one a of the, little leery of dumping the left tackle Taylor Lewan. He's like hurt you a need lot. an offensive line. I know he's hurt a lot. It, it, let me counter this. Is there a strategy where the Titans say, you know what, that model that the 49ers had, build up a formidable defense. Yeah, but plug in a quarterback who can just get it done and have a good offensive line. Yeah, but the difference is Shanahan's an offensive genius. Yes. Vrabel's just a really smart dude. The second thing is they have made a San Francisco takes six round running backs like Elijah Mitchell and gets the Super Bowls. I mean, they, they vote Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a great piece. Why? Because he's a receiver. Yeah. And Shanahan loves that. What do you think the market's like for Derrick Henry, a guy with a lot of miles on no, him? No, no, no. But he's a, I mean, for a team that needs a running back, you'd give a, th a third round pick maybe. You gotta I think pay I'd rather have Derrick Henry than a third round pick. Well, but Derrick Henry's expensive. So if you get Derrick Henry, going to have to give up somebody else. He's not cheap. Running backs, he's been in this league now a lot of years and a lot of innings pitched. I, I mean, to me, Mike Frabel's a smart guy. He's looking around at Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. Now Trevor Lawrence in his own division. I got to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with 11-year Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis out of Liberty. That being said, they were the number one seed last year in the and, AFC. I and know they lost, beat by and Burrow. they are still ahead of Jacksonville in the division right. this year. I mean, I, I think there's we could probably meet a middle ground, you know, JNC Consulting, uh, to deliver <laughs> something for Tennessee to get them out of it. The, they're, they're not a fun watch, Colin. Like, nobody wants to see that team in the playoffs. Well, Vrabel doesn't care about that, but he's too smart not to see the reality. Is now he has one of those star quarterbacks in his own division. It was one thing when they were all out of division. Now he's got to face Trevor twice a year. I'm just, and by the way, here comes Bryce Young to Houston. I, oh, I, maybe Malik Willis has something maybe. we haven't seen yet. Okay. He's got to Certain, he's that's look I, very limited in green in a okay. couple uh, appearances. All right, Greg Cosell's probably listening to us. Jabber shaking his head. 43 years NFL films. Well, let's talk about quarterbacks in the league. So um, here's what continues to bother me about Buffalo. <laughs> I thought they were out-schemed. 
outside of center, I don't love their offensive line. They bail on the run and are continue to be ridiculously Josh Allen dependent, which, by the way, <laughs> I get. He's amazing. On film, I thought it was one of the best losses of the year. I thought Miami had a good plan. They were physical. They ran the ball. What did the tape say about Buffalo and Miami? Well, I, I thought that Miami's offense played well. I thought they – you know, when you run the ball effectively, there's not a lot of mystery as to why you run the ball effectively. They moved the interior tackles of the Bills' defense, which normally doesn't happen. Ed Oliver's had an outstanding year. He did not have a very good game. That allowed them to work to the second level where they were able to block Milano and Edmonds. So they ran the ball well. Um, and I thought Tua threw the ball well. Uh, it, it, he looked like Tua, you know, those quick rhythm throws. Yeah. Although I thought there were a couple of plays in critical situations where the Bills had a really good feel for the concepts and they took away throws. But I agree with you about Josh Allen. We've talked about this. This is not a great offensive team. They do not run the ball particularly well or often. Their O-line, you're correct, is probably average at best. They've not really had a second receiver, Colin, step up after after digs. So they're kind of struggling there. So it's a very Josh Allen-centric team. And I've been doing this a long time, as have you. When teams that have flaws end up getting beat in, in important playoff games, I'm not surprised by that because those flaws can crop up any time. Uh, now, last year, Josh Allen had two amazing playoff games. Obviously, they lost to the Chiefs. You almost have to have him play at that level anytime you get to the playoffs. If he's not quite at that level, you wonder if their flaws are going to just bring them down. You know, it's interesting. I, let's move to Kansas City. I want to talk about this. Yeah. So we kind of feel like Buffalo, Kansas City, right or wrong, they were they were in that Ollie Frazier bout last year, and I have a feeling they'll meet again. And it's really remarkable. I said this the other day, like Mahomes completed like 20 straight throws against Houston, and in high school that's absurd. Um, I mean, from his temperament to his arm talent to his mobility to his playmaking, he's about as good as anybody I've ever seen play this. But the offense now, because Tyreek's gone, is different. Totally. What is the Chiefs offense for somebody that lives and watches film? What's different about this Chiefs offense? Dig deep and tell me what you see. Okay, here's the difference. It's a major difference because what they have done over the course of this season, they have evolved into being a multiple tight end offense team. They now play with two tight ends, three tight ends, as much, if not more, than any team in this league. Mm. Now, they did not do that previously. They were much more of an 11 personnel offense with three wide receivers. They don't play like that now. They play with 40% multiple tight ends, maybe more depending on the game. And the other player who we're looking at right now who has become a really critical piece of what they do is Jarek McKinnon. Over the last month, five weeks, he has really become important, particularly in the red zone. I mean, last week, Colin, McKinnon played 62% of the snaps. Mm. Pacheco only 35%. McKinnon had 10 rushes, 8 targets, 8 receptions. So that fits because their pass game is much more condensed. Last week, Mahomes was 36 for 41 with a long completion of 21 yards. And 
he was efficient. So this offense has evolved in recognition of their talent. So it's a tribute to Andy Reid and the staff and to Mahomes, who is an incredibly smart quarterback, very aware, uh, very instinctive, understands he can play any way you want him to play, any way that's necessary. So now I want to bring up a team that may be better than both, Cincinnati. And I've said this multiple times this year, is we tend to think, when we think of great defenses historically, we can name like Dick Butkus or, you know, Richard Dent for the Bears. But with Cincinnati, they, they don't really have a star, but every time I watch them, they make changes at half and just shut teams yeah. down. They do this all the time. So yeah, is, it, yeah. is it scheme or talent? Because I this Cincinnati defense, I don't know what the stats say, is the best second-half defense I've seen in the league this year. Well, it's funny you say that because when I watched the tape this past week against Brady and the Bucs, my mind immediately went back to the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. You, you probably thought the same thing. I mean, it was evident they made some adjustments at halftime. They started playing with seven DBs. They started rushing three with eight in coverage. They, they had multiple pressure schemes, better route recognition. Uh, and you're right. There's not the one player you say, wow, th- that team, that, that one guy is really dominant. They've got good players, though, at all three levels of their defense. I know Hubbard's out now, and I guess he'll be out for a number of weeks, but they've got really good players at all three levels. And I think the rookie corner they play, Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, he's a really good player. And he brings an attitude, a swagger, a competitiveness to this defense. So, uh, But you're right, Lou Anaramo does not get enough credit, their D coordinator, because he does a really good job in-game of understanding what he's seeing, what's hurting him, and then how to take it away. Before I get to Cowboys-Eagles, I, I want to I give a tip of the cap to Brian Dable. And I said um, – the fact that Brian Dable is getting strong consideration for coach of the year is an indictment of what he's working with. Because, and so, <laughs> so it's easy for me to say that outside of left tackle. I don't see a lot of talent. Barkley in the left tackle. You tell me. Because I think, I I think Dable's in a short list of coach of the year. Do the Giants have much offensive talent? No. And in fact, they have to play a certain way. They don't score a lot of points. Daniel Jones this year has the fewest 20-plus yard completions in the NFL, only about 20. Think about that. That is a very, very small number. Um, So they play close games. So when you play close games, your defense has to be a factor. This is a very aggressive defense. It's Wink Martindale. They blitz a lot. They play a lot of man. Um, That's the way he plays. That's what he believes in. So what they have to do, Colin, is they've got to run the ball. And there have been games this year where they've gotten to the second half and they've had a lead and they've not been able to run the ball. And then they they, they lose. Um, this week, they were able to run the ball. They got the ball with six minutes remaining in the fourth quarter and a five-point lead, and Barkley had three consecutive runs for 41 yards. Now, that, that hasn't happened very much this year. Barkley is a very up-and-down back. He's not really a sustainer. He's not really a grinder. He's a big playback. But he's not really a guy that gets hard yards. And this week he, he had some tough runs. But they need him to be that guy because they're not going to be ahead in games 27-10 right. in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, as we thought, there's not much talent. All right, let's talk Eagles nope. and Cowboys. Um I think Jalen Hurts has exploded as a talent. 
many subscribe yep. to the theory that it's mostly the people around him, the O-lines, the D-lines. So Gardner Minshew is, to me, has kind of a Baker Mayfield skill set, can move a little, can throw a little, but there's some talent here that you could win games with him. I wouldn't build around him. Can Gardner Minshew with his talent? Is there a massive gap between him and Hurts, or can they be effective moving the ball at all against Dallas's defense with Minshew? Well, those are two separate questions. I think that there's a pretty significant talent gap there, but they can be effective moving the ball. This is a team with arguably the best offensive line in football. Yes. Um, they've got Brown and Smith on the outside. They're going to get Goddard back this week, who's a top five tight end in this league. Um, they've got good running backs. So what they will be missing, and it's significant, is the run game that involves Hurts. And when I say the run game that involves Hurts, I don't mean where he's running. Don't forget, he changes the way defenses have to play because of the run threat, whether he runs or not. So when he's in the gun, which he is almost all the time, Colin, you have to think zone read. You have to think quarterback power. You have to think quarterback draw. You have to be aware of all these design quarterback runs that impact how you line up and how you play. You're not going to have to think about any of those things with Gardner Minshew. So can Gardner Minshew execute the offense in a more conventional way? Yes, I believe he can. But there is a, a meaningful drop-off not only in talent but in how defenses prepare and, and have to play. And I think that's something that should not be overlooked at all. Yeah. A little betting advice there for those of you who have, and that's very interesting. <laughs> um, I was saying this, we're in year seven with Dak. They have the second most, yep. pro, second most pro bowlers, a uh, pretty profound run game. They have a, CD Lamb has established himself as a go-to number one. And in the three losses, Dak's completed 60% of his throws, passer rating in the 70 and like six touchdowns, five picks. Um, I've, I've never been in love with Dak. I like his intangibles more than his tangibles. But how is he playing football this year? I didn't think Jacksonville's loss was on him. How is he playing this year? You know, I, I like Dak overall. I mean, I think Dak, when you watch him and study just him, he knows how to play quarterback. He's a pocket quarterback. He goes through progressions. He understands the offense. He knows where to go with the football. I think this year he's he's had some bouts of, of – inaccuracy where the ball placement hasn't been as precise as it needs to be. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb is their number one. I'm not sure C.D. Lamb is one of those big-time number ones the way we talk about other number ones. And I think since Gallup has come back, he's not been the same guy. They don't really have a number three. Yeah. You know, I think Schultz is a nice tight end, but not a special tight end. So I don't really think the Cowboys have a lot on the perimeter. Um, so, you know, they obviously have two good backs, although Elliott is certainly not the back he was. The tape tells you that immediately. All you have to do is put the tape on. He does not move like he used to. Pollard's definitely got juice. But this team, to me, is not as talented on offense when you watch tape as I think the narrative is, Colin. All right, Zach Wilson and the Jets against the Jags. So let's talk Jets. Zach threw for over 300 yards. Have you seen since he was benched? Did you see a little growth? Little growth. Uh, maybe a little. You know, it's funny. I finished watching that tape, and I said to myself, this is where I think they would have hoped he would have been last year after four or five starts. Um, you know, you see the snaps in which he has light athletic feet and the live loose arm with the easy ability to throw the football. That's evident. You know, that we, we knew that even before he came out. 
you know, the, the problem that he has, and it's going to need to be cleaned up or it's going to be a struggle every week, is he has significant ball placement issues, even on some completions. I mean, he just does not place the ball where it needs to be. And he is consistent, consistently calling late on throws. He's a beat late. And he has to become quicker mentally. He has to become more precise. Um, I think there's not the needed sync between his lower body and upper body when he delivers the football. So there's still a lot of work to do. That's why I said you would have liked to have seen him be at this point last year in his rookie year. Uh, but he's always going to make a few plays that get people excited. He doesn't make the the easy plays, the right. routine plays. Yes. And, and those are the plays that have to be made. Yep. That is what we've said from day one. He misses the layups. You got to hit the layups before you, you shoot. You got to hit the layups. Yep. Yeah. The great ones do. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, we're going to close with this. Uh, eventually, you'll get to the big play. But you know I loved him. I'm a little crazy. Over the top. I would have picked him number one years ago. He's starting to play pretty well, Greg. Yeah, you can see he's much more decisive, Colin. And I think now there's a, a, a good marriage brewing between the offensive scheme and Lawrence because Lawrence is a long body, long-legged. You needed to speed him up. Just everything he does need he did needed to be quicker, and it is now. And you know what? The ball comes out, which tells you that he's far more confident in the scheme. He knows where to go with the football. You know, don't forget, Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid school. That's how he grew up in the game as a coach, even as a player. He was in Philly as a player. Um, and he's been in that offense for basically his whole life. So he understands that offense. And that offense is really well-schemed. It defines throws for quarterbacks. We've seen that through the years. And you can see Lawrence really taking to it now. He's not getting stuck in the pocket. So the ball comes out. And I think one of the most overlooked things about Lawrence, maybe it's not overlooked, but it shows up all the time, is he's a very good thrower on the run, Colin. That may be what the thing he does absolutely best is throw the ball on the run. And and actually, that's where we go, you know, with the big play this week because he was forced to throw the ball on the run on the, this touchdown that we're going to show uh, where he threw it to Zay Jones for, you know, a long, a long touchdown of 59 yards. So this was last week against the Cowboys. This was not a designed movement play. He moved out of the pocket in response to pressure. And obviously, you see the great throw. So what this is, is this is just a, a play action type shot play. He's under center. And I like under center play action a lot more than I like shotgun play action. So you're going to see the play action element. And then Zay Jones down below is number one. He's the outside receiver on the trip side of the formation. And look at the corner playing soft off coverage. And normally you don't get over the top of corners who are playing soft, but this is a double move. It's basically an out and go. And you can see the corner, Joseph, uh, who ended up getting benched in this game, by the way, you see that he is beat. So now what we're going to do is take this back and you're going to see Lawrence, because as I said, this play was not meant for him to leave the pocket, but he's going to get pressure from the outside rusher. Who's going to work inside against his right tackle. And he's going to force Lawrence to leave the pocket. And Lawrence does. And he's an excellent thrower on the move. I've talked yeah. to coaches who've coached him and they say that's one of his absolute strengths yep. is that he can, make throws on the move. And I think that's an element of his game that's really important because Lawrence is a good thrower from the pocket, but he's not a special thrower. He's a good thrower. So now that he has this element to his game, 
that really enhances it. And I think uh, you and I would probably agree that in this league now, your quarterback is going to have to make second reaction plays yep. where he has to move due to how the due to pressure. And if you can't do that, it's tougher to play in the league. Good stuff, Greg Cosell, NFL Films. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Con. The two takeaways I had in that segment. The Cowboys' offensive personnel is overvalued because they play for the Dallas Cowboys. C.D. Lamb, he says, is not a number one when you look at elite number ones. Schultz is a good tight end, but not special, not Travis Kelsey level. Uh, Obviously, Zeke doesn't have the burst. The second thing I took away is what we've been saying for years. Zach Wilson on the tape, he misses too many layups. You got to get seven to eight layups completed in this league. You just have to. If you can't do the layups, you don't have the guy. Back in a second, uh, live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Saturday, it's a special day of football on Fox featuring the biggest game of the year as the Eagles fight for the NFC East crown against Dak and the Cowboys. 
It all kicks off Saturday, Christmas Eve at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Greg Cosell. He's getting into the gambling space now. I can sense it. Well, his whole takeaway is Jalen Hurts is way more valuable than people think. And Dallas's skilled people and offensive perimeter people just aren't that special. It's interesting because the market disagrees with that. Remember, the Cowboys were one and a half point favorites when it was Hurts in. He's out now, and it's about six, so he's only five and a half. We well, know Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes well, is like nine points. Well, to the Mahomes the best quarterback ever. Well, okay, Jalen Hurts MVP being, of the league. Well, yeah, I'm a bit. That's an award, but I mean. If Mahomes is worth 10 to 12 points, he's the best quarterback ever. I think if you're worth five, you're a franchise quarterback. Yeah, remember Zach was Wilson, Mike White. There was like no difference Okay, whatsoever. how about Dak and Cooper Rush? The, the, At least four and a half, right? Five? But Dale, it looks like Jalen Hurts is worth... I, I'm not My saying... My thing with Hurts is their offense has made the jump to light speed this year. They are incredible. Now, a lot of it is schedule-based, but they're incredible because Hurts can beat you on the ground. That's right. Right? That's right. Minshew ain't doing that. So right? It's, it's yeah. going to be a drop-back passing so offense. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to be... Shouldn't it be a Dallas blowout? Can't run the same offense? Matchup. Can't run the same offense? Should, I mean, if Hurts is the MVP, Minshew can't even run the offense. Dallas at home... Okay, but should, is that an offense that Dallas is ready for? How much tape is there on Minshew? They were one mm-hmm. and a half games last year? It's, it's all very interesting. Without A.J. Brown? Jame, and that's I, a problem, Colin. You can go back and forth on all these games and make cases for both sides. I was going to be a lawyer. Back in the day, I don't know if you knew that. Uh-uh. And like, so I'm good at making cases for both sides. But right. the problem is, you gotta, you know, pooper get off the pot, as they say. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a stay away game right now. Dallas, in terms of betting, it's a stay away game. I'm- I already took the six, so I'm pot committed, <laughs> unfortunately. We'll Jay Mack with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. We have a benching. In the NFL, the Colts officially benched Matt Ryan for the second time. They did. Second time this season. I feel kind of bad for Matt Ryan. Right. Come on. The GM did not want Carson Wentz to be jettisoned. He didn't. Remember, this was the owner that wanted to get rid of 27 touchdowns, seven picks, very mobile Wentz. Now, we were all over this when they benched, uh, when the owner said, let's turn to the guy, Sam Ellinger, who, by the way, has not stiffed the field. Is this Jeff Saturday going Nick Foles, or is this... Uh, I think Ursay runs the franchise now. Ursay got rid of Wentz. Made no sense. Wentz had 27 TDs, 7 picks. The Ursay got rid of Frank Reich and his play caller. Made no sense. Frank Reich's going to get a job. He's getting a job somewhere next year. One of the better ones. So, I mean, they are, they are, this is an organization now run by the owner. Good luck. Um, Nick Foles is going to be the starter. I was reading up on this during the commercial break. Always looking for an edge. You know, Nick Foles was with the practice team for most of the season. Not even like the backup throwing to uh, guys during the practice week. This is this is kind of a dramatic change. Um, Chargers, Monday Night Football. Is that a watch? For, is that a must watch for you? Is this back yeah. to the slopes? Uh, Chargers are always a must watch because of Herbert. Because of Herbert. You're, you have a man crush on him. Uh, next up, Baker Mayfield has only been with, with the Rams for a couple weeks. But boy, he's enjoying his time spent with Sean McVay ahead of Sunday's matchup with the Broncos. Baker spoke about what he has noticed about the teaching style of his new head coach. Just how detailed he is. I mean, talking about... You know, even when a play looks good in practice, somehow fine-tuning it afterwards to the, you know, the what-if look. Uh, what if we get this certain look? How do we want to teach the guy? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty special to watch how detailed he is um, and just getting to know him and, you know, how he wants to put guys in good positions. Uh, 
you know, not to not to ask anybody to do something they're not capable of, and just making sure he's he's putting guys in a great spot. That's an interesting hat from Baker. I'm looking at it there. I'm like, what? What is that? Does he have his own logo now, Baker Mayfield? Well, because he didn't look like his initials. He's very much into that. Yeah, he's pretty entrepreneurial. I thought maybe it was the Yellowstone. Are you watching that show, by the way? Uh, I've watched every year of Yellowstone. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's Kevin really Costner's. good. I like yeah. it. I thought that was a Yellowstone hat, but no. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, Baker Mayfield is still playing quarterback. Now to a great story. Colin, this is just breaking here in the last hour. According to NBA insider Chris Haynes, rival execs believe Trey Young could be the next player on a rookie max extension to request a trade if the situation does not improve with the Atlanta Hawks. I love this team this year, Colin. They fell to 16-16 and last night. They lost at the buzzer to the Chicago Bulls, which is embarrassing. Um, They are ninth. Atlanta is in the East. Not expect when you added Dejounte Murray in the offseason. He's a nice player. They have a great backcourt, the good pieces. But the coach and Trey Young are butting heads. Young is currently in the first year of his extension that goes through twenty six, twenty seven. Okay, I'll just tell you this right now. You already got a team. I don't want him to leave. But he already had one coach pretty much run out in Atlanta. Like you're running again, Trey. I, this is troubling. Where you know the Knicks have their guards now. Jalen Knicks are Brunson's playing well, so the there. Knicks are playing well. They they have their guards. Who needs a f- shoot first point guard? Kind of. How about easily. this? Clippers get Trey Young. Give them Paul George, maybe Reggie Jackson, a Terrence Mann. They can retool. Paul George, by the way, both ends still a top fifteen player in the league. Absolutely. Regular season, Paul George. Well, whatever. That, that's what all. Whatever. Playoff P is a thing. He cannot deliver uh, in the postseason anymore. How about this? Clippers go out because you can't depend on Kawhi, and Paul hasn't been great in the playoffs. Trey Young is a big city fun star. You get Trey Young, you give him Paul George, like a Reggie Jackson, the draft pick. Hmm. That's a win now roster. That's not roster. terrible. I haven't not run it through the trade machine. I mean, you, you, at some point, whether it's Paul George's inefficiency in the playoffs or Kawhi Leonard's inavailability, I, Los Angeles is built for Trey Young. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, he is the uh, uh, prime time guy. Good looking, yeah. fun, cocky. I mean, very cocky. I, I would yeah. Trey Young to the Clippers and Paul George is still elite. Give him a draft. Reggie Jackson can score. Maybe th- I mean Terrence Mann. Look over your roster. What matches up? That's interesting. I like it. Dang, I wish I had a, a better one. The only one I could think of is what team would be looking to unload a point guard and bring in another good point guard? And if I'm the Nets, can I unload Kyrie Irving and get Trey Young? Oh, or does Atlanta want I'd nothing I'd never to make do? that trade if I was Atlanta. I don't want Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I, I would not either. Uh, but Trae Young's got 10 more years of dropping yeah. 25 And I, I know all these people are like, oh, he's just Steph Curry light. He's not good. Let me remind everybody, he went to an Eastern Conference Finals, something Joel Embiid has never done in his career. And he's career. also, Trey Young is... Um, like Steph Curry, he's a showman. Yeah. And that, Remember that, the, taking the bow at yeah, Madison Square? That's something I would do. Like, yes. I love it. I, I'm a big Trey Young fan. I know he doesn't play a lick of defense, Colin. It's like... Either is Kyrie. Most of your great guards aren't great defenders. Okay. Harden didn't play it for eight years. Luka Doncic yeah. playing D yet or no? No. No. But you do like Trey Young. Like, you would yes. want to add him. Yes. I. You know, listen. People say he's got some attitude. Guess what? You know what? You know what he needs? A strong coach. You know who you don't screw around with? Ty Lue. 
Ty Lue doesn't take any of that. He's confrontational. That's a, that's a good point. I was I was off on Ty Lue. I no, thought he was overrated. No, He's done a good job. No. I know a couple guys on the Clipper staff. Ty, Ty, Ty Lue's good. He's confrontational. He's the opposite of Mike D'Antoni. He'll get right in your kitchen. Ty Lue, Trey Young, Kawhi Leonard. That make I like that a lot. Are we going to charge the Clippers a, a fee for that one? You just giving out Our advice? Our consulting firm? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's, it's not terrible. I mean, it's interesting. And that's what the NBA is. Now people are going to spend the next few weeks. Remember, it was Carl Anthony Towns for a minute. Are we going to trade him? Where's he going? By the way, Timberwolves stink. This Rudy Gobert thing's not working. I'm not. A, we'll, we'll get to the NBA in January. With, yeah. yeah. NBA playoffs. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Boot the losing team, go with the winners, switch to Consumer Cellular for text talk data starting at 20 bucks a month. ConsumerCellular.com slash the herd, promo code the herd. Listen, part of the fun of this job is predictions and trying to kind of see around corners and uh and a lot of times you'll get labeled oh that's a hot take so i had said before the season i think this is belichick's last year in new england is that i think uh robert Kraft is going to sit down with him and say bob we both own homes in jupiter florida we'll still golf together i'll write you a big check but it's time uh you're in your 70s it's time uh that was viewed by some as crazy a hot take but andy reed was fired Okay, so everybody has, you know, like Pat Riley used to say, you got about 10 years and then, you know, it's white noise. Your voice just people are just tired of it. Um, And so it's interesting. Robert Kraft owns the Patriots. If you've read many of the great books, uh, Jeff Benedict, Ian O'Connor, great writers, Seth Wickersham, I've read every single Patriot book, all of them. There have obviously been some. Craft family leaks <laughs> and then not always been complimentary of Belichick, who is uh, prone to dismiss the media and not talk to them. And so Greg Rosenthal is another member of the Boston media. He had tweets this week saying, um, w- how does he read all the Patriots coaching staff buzz? The crafts want to send a message to Bill through the media. I've now counted five reporters alluding to Kraft asking Belichick, what changes he'll make, meaning basically the crafts are sending messages to Bill through the media. It's not the first time the crafts have sent messages to Bill through the media. So um, I think Bill's rigid. It's hard to take power from him at this point. Uh, I think he's tone deaf on offense. And I've said this, Bobby Knight would not embrace the one and done. Krzyzewski did, Calipari did, and they won titles. Bobby fought it career over. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Metaverse, you can be brilliant and tone deaf. Nobody wants to stay on all on, online all day and pretend they're in a play town. Nobody with a social life. So the NFL's obviously pivoted very, very quickly to offense. And the other thing is, I think you could masquerade some of this if you were in the NFC. But I think... The offensive coaching and the quarterback play in the AFC is so substantial. Now it's, and and a lot of these great quarterbacks have great offensive coaches. Burrow's got an offensive coach from Sean McVay. Mahomes has Andy Reid. Trevor Lawrence now has a guy that beat and outdueled Belichick in a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. The only coach in the AFC, two of them have great quarterbacks. Chargers and Bills both have defensive coaches and Buffalo's O-line and run game is a weakness and the O-line and the offense despite Herbert's a weakness with a Chargers often. So what happens if a Sean Payton took the job with Herbert? Now it's Reed and Mahomes, Zach Taylor and Burrow. Har- uh, Harbaugh and Lamar despite their lack of weapons is already pretty dynamic right in most years so i think what's happening is the afc you're getting these young coaches and these superstar quarterbacks 
And in comparison, in the AFC, New England just looks like a BB gun offense. It's embarrassing. They can't throw the ball down the field. I think you could get away with it more. I mean, Brady right now is having a a bad year. But in that horrible NFC division, he'll probably win the division. You can't hide in the AFC if you're tone deaf to offense. You're exposed every weekend. Let's spin this forward. End of the season, Patriots miss the playoffs. Kraft, sit down. Bill? You got to work on this. Bill says, bleep you. I'm out of here. I don't need you yeah. guys. To, you guys, I know football. You guys don't know anything. Does Belichick retire or does he go to another job the same way Tom Brady went to Tampa to win a Super Bowl? I don't think Brady wants to end his career I think, with like some struggles. I think Belichick largely considers retirement. Interesting. I just looked it up. He's 70 years old. Nick yeah. Saban coaching into his 70s. Yeah. No, I think, I think he, because I think Peyton, here's what's interesting. To show you how much... We all know awards are overrated. <laughs> like people win awards in every industry. They're not really the, the funniest best. is the sports media, the, the awards, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so let's talk right now. If Belichick was on the market and Peyton was, you'd hire Peyton in a second because he's an offensive coach. I mean, if, if I own the Chargers and Staley doesn't get to the playoffs and I have Belichick who's rigid and a defensive coach or Peyton, it's not even close. I'd hire Sean Peyton who younger Sean Payton had a great relationship with the Benson family and Mickey Loomis. He's his best friend. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if Sean Payton in three years was back coaching the Saints. Like, his best friend's the GM. He loves the – I'm just guessing. I have no insight. But the point being is, Payton works with people. He's come to Fox. He gets along with everybody. Everybody loves Sean. He gets along with everybody. He's hanging out in Manhattan Beach at the restaurants. The restaurant – everybody knows Sean Payton. Everybody loves Sean Payton. So – if you're giving me shot or Belichick, rigid defense, my way, awful with media, wants control over personnel, no thank you. Hmm. No thank you. No thank you to Bill Belichick. I'm just telling you, yeah. with Justin Herbert, no, th- I'm watching the Mac Jones thing. It's embarrassing. Mac Jones is not this bad. So I'm just, Ben Volan, who covers the Patriots, was on our show yesterday talking about New England and a potential coaching change. There is no way that anyone here in New England. Um, is accepting of Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator. There, are, There's a groundswell, I think, um, still a minority, but I think people are ready to slowly starting to, to move on from Bill Belichick, that if this is what it's going to be, it's time to start over. And then this loss against uh, the, the Raiders, obviously the, the final play, just one of the dumbest plays you'll ever see in football, but the whole loss was dysfunctional. They couldn't score a touchdown on the goal line. They're burning two timeouts down there. Mac Jones is once again you know, yelling at, at his teammates and brushing off his coaches. And it's just a mess right now. They also had an issue on a punt block. You know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where Belichick, years and years ago, I always watch for this with, with people like CEOs. What got you there and what are you now? So Belichick for years, uh, no days off. Belichick for years, all about winning. And then Urban Meyer about four years ago said that Belichick had told him that at this age, I only want to coach and work with people I like. That's not the Patriot way. The Patriot way was whatever it takes to win. That means you bring in Randy Moss, who could be difficult. That means you bring in Aaron Hernandez, was difficult out of college. You bring in egos. Remember, the Patriot way... Whatever it takes to win. That's not what they are now. 
We've got kids on his staff. We've got guys who have failed massively, but he likes Joe Judge. He likes Matt Patricia. Those aren't the best guys on the market. It's who he wants to coach with. He's changed. Belichick, the net worth go, and he's a legend. But everything with Bill Early was all about winning. It's not, and Bill verbalized it to Urban Meyer. It's not all about winning. It's about who Bill wants to work with now. It's not the way it works. Andy Reid drafts guys and acquires guys and coaches guys that probably drive him crazy. That's how you win. Can, can I float a team to you? All right. So they're really good this year. Let's say they lose in the first round and Mike McCarthy, Jerry says, I, I, I've had enough. And Bill Belichick is on the market. No way. The selling point, Bill. No way. You win a Super Bowl. We haven't been to a Super Bowl in forever. Can you get us back there? Belichick's tight with Jimmy Johnson. He's heard all the stories. No way. No way. Uh, Hour three. Fun, though. The Herd. (laughs) Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 